If you want to become a cult leader, start a podcast. Recent studies show that people who listen with headphones are more empathic and persuadable than when listening to those same messages through speakers. Welcome to two alternately thirds focused. I'm Rasmus. And I'm Red. And that's your turn, Rory. And I'm... <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm uh, Dirty Smith, Rory. Hello, Rory. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, doing well. How are you guys? I mean, we could also make the joke of saying, like, Jan sounds a lot different to this week. Yeah, but we could. I, I don't think anyone would get that joke. No. Or think that. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, so, Jan as, abandoned us. It's easy. We could totally prank everybody and be like, thank you for listening to the Dirty Smith <laughs> podcast. I'm your host, Rory. Let's do this. Yeah. There we go. Be like, there what it is. the fuck is that? <laughs> so, Rory, uh, for those people out there who don't know you, could you give like a quick introduction to what the Dirty Smith is? Who, who, who the Dirty Whoa. Smith is? Um, exactly. What is it? Who is it? Uh, it started back a long time ago when Instagram just started and everybody was taking pictures of hamburgers and food. The, the good old and days. <laughs> the good old days before Zuckerberg inhaled it and consumed it. And uh, I was, I had graduated college in 2006 and was working full time with my father at Dragon Forge. We were doing custom architectural ironwork, and that just simply means like house jewelry. It was chandeliers, railings, fireplace doors for high-end homes. And social media was really picking up, especially with the iPhone that had come around. And I was hearing about Instagram, downloaded it, was excited about it, and I was looking at the username when you put it in and at first i was like i'll just put my real name it's like no i'm kind of do something different be something, be something cool <laughs> something cool something unique something catchy and uh we had a employee who's about my dad's age and he always made fun of my work clothes and the joke was is that your pants are so dirty you could probably stand them up in a corner and they would stand up by themselves <laughs> and uh so i was like you know what i'm just gonna put dirty smith it was available and thus was the beginning of the name and at the time there wasn't a lot of metal workers or some some welders and so I, that's the only thing I had to share was just what we were working on. So I was just posting projects. I was posting what we were doing and how we were doing it. As things were turning on, people were showing up, conversations were starting, questions were starting. One thing led to another. Then it was getting into video production, doing tutorials. There was a need. There was a niche. It was a little backwards. Usually people were doing YouTube videos first and then doing social media. I did social media and then I did YouTube videos with the intent of helping. So I was using Dragon Forge's projects to feed Dirty Smith's social media with the intent of just to network, just to talk. Which worked because it's how I found you. Yeah. Like... 10 years ago or something stupid. Yeah. 
is how I, I met Red. And over the years, things just kind of built on top of each other. What I did not anticipate was the 60 and 80 hour work weeks at Dragon Forge on top of video production and t-shirt designs and the online stores. It just, the stress became incredible. And I, I never had a team. It was just me commuting up and down a mountain back to work and then going to job sites and the, the jobs just got bigger. They got farther away and the fire just got bigger and bigger until ultimately I saw that there was going to be a time when I needed to leave and told my dad, I'm giving you a five-year notice that uh, if we don't have a plan, I'm going to need to leave Dragon Forge and do my own thing. And that, that started kind of the shift. That that oh, there you go yeah and uh, that was a good show yeah. <laughs> I'll see you guys uh, next week okay yeah because like uh, at least for my part like stumbling upon you as being one of the first blacksmiths I found on Instagram when I was myself in school it was quite an inspiration to see like what it is best possible to do with this craft what you can actually be paid to do and how good you can become and how clean things can look. And all of that, like not not to blow too much sunshine up your ass, but it's uh, yeah. I, I see you enjoy it. That's fine. <laughs> uh, Take it what I can. Yeah, but but it's one of those things where like everything from the outside seems to be going really really well, and you seem to be living the dream. But then, as you say, like yeah, but you might not have a social life outside of work. So much stress on deadlines quality and then the dynamic of the family business you know your your dad is your boss and holidays holiday deadlines dinners and that that gray area of you have your responsibilities and then stacked on responsibilities so dad's going to go on vacation hey take care of the horses while I'm gone while you manage the shop and you're doing your own dirty smith stuff and you're commuting up and down the hill and then you got to go to vale which is three hours away and you're just you're just gathering everything and then you're dealing with all the 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 bs stuff of social media people sending you crap because they don't like you or people sending you nice stuff because they really like you and you feel obligated to like acknowledge that because you should because that's uh being a, a good person and saying hey yeah i see you thank you keeping you motivated, keeping them motivated, keeping those fires going. But at, at some point, uh, you got to uh, keep in mind your mental health and why are you doing this? Where are you going with this? Otherwise, you're just going to be burning out without a goal in mind. And ultimately, when we, Amanda and I were in... Canada and I was invited to do the demo for the National Stampede in Calgary I told her I said I think it's time I think we're at that five-year mark and uh, we need to look at moving and she was like really it's been five years like yeah we're next summer's five years and then March 2020 pandemic hit 
And uh, that kind of locked us in. So we had the talks, like, you want to do it or not? You want to stay here? Plan A, plan B. And she's like, nope, we're doing it. It was a great timing to move from one state to another. Or to start yeah, a business, uh, because that's when I did it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I hear you. So what about now? Where where are you? Because you were in Colorado, you were working with your dad, and now you're in misery? Or Yep, no, in misery. misery, not in misery. Well, maybe <clears throat> misery, misery as well. Oh, both? Right. <laughs> both? Misery. A little, a little mix. Missouri. So that, that was also the big question was like, why? I can't help but say Missouri. <laughs> uh, why here? And some people thought it was politics because at the time in America, the political theater was just a show every day. Yeah. He didn't know what was going to happen. And it had nothing to do with politics. We had a budget and the goal was is to have a house and have a shop on the house. And I could find crappy houses with really nice shops, but I couldn't find a decent house with a okay shop. And I kept showing my wife, AKA the warden, these properties, And she would just like shake her head like, nope, nope, nope. I'm like, come on, look at the <laughs> shop though. And she's like, I'm not living in that house. Like, okay. And uh, when the pandemic hit, it was like, where can we get in one day? Because we originally were looking at Pennsylvania, which would have taken probably two, maybe two and a half days. Just of so driving to lorries of stuff, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, we had a house to move and then we had my shop to move. And... Uh, which really narrowed down everything even more so. And uh, that this property came up. If this property would have been in Arizona, it would have been in Arizona. It would have been in Texas. I would have been in Texas. You know, if it had been in North Dakota, I would have been in North Dakota. I didn't care where this property was at. It was where could we afford it so I could set up shop. And I didn't have to drive because what uh, we went through with all the gas prices and everything, the yeah. possible recession, the rebound of the pandemic, the writing was on the wall. And um, we just kind of had a three-year plan for writing out the pandemic and then the bounce back from the pandemic as well. Yeah. So moving was the night was the plan. And then the pandemic is the, was plan B and then writing out the recovery from the pandemic was uh, the third plan. And then all of this, starting a business, reestablishing Dirty Smith as an official company, not just a personality, but now it is a established entity of its own that I'm just a representative of. So it's a brand. And everything I did with Dragon Forge, it's my father's business. I am now doing with Dirty Smith in just restarting the machine that way so instead of working on somebody else's idea concept and goals i'm just working on my own if, if i may just point out though like for amanda to just also jump along without any question it seems like and be open to move wherever in the u.s where you could afford it that seems really brave her. as well mm -hmm. i love her so much yeah she's uh an incredible woman She has a incredible boss. We talked to him, told him what was going on, and she works from home, so she was able to make that work. We just needed good internet from home. She worked from and home before the pandemic. 
Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's rare. I mean, that's rare it for was. the U.S., I know. It was uh, right before that big transition. So we just we just navigated everything and shifted everything before we jumped into the void of the unknown to uh, make this work out. So I, the perspective might be like, oh, oh, my gosh, they moved and all this stuff is so fast. I, uh, people don't know that it, this was five years of build up. How can we make this work? And then when it was time boom it was time when we sold our house it took three days to sell wow and uh when we bought this house it was a week wow as well my even even my parents were like oh my god how did you guys do that it's like pre-qualified for loans had the trucks ready pre pre-rented out like boom 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 neighbors were like oh your, your house is for sale what you guys are gone nope tires screeching down the road later bye yeah we're out of there so planning 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 and it would in the end it worked but uh, if i may how uh, how uh, was the emotional transition from leaving the state where you were born and raised if i'm not mistaken to a com- dif- completely different new place that you m- probably knew nothing about? Um, culturally, this place is very different. So we're right in an area that's uh, near a very large lake. And so it's a trendy spot for tourists. So in the summer, it's very busy. But right now, during the winter, it's very slow. And resources are very slow and limited. And how the state is built with the roads and interstates is not as efficient from where I came. So getting anywhere takes hours to drive to. So you have to plan, like, I got to go to Kansas City. That's two and a half, three hours. I got to go to St. Louis. That's a four-hour drive. I'm going to be gone all day just driving for a 30 minute thing or sounds like no way you're <laughs> oh you're not too far <laughs> off <laughs> i know although <laughs> we have the benefit of half our population being within one hour's drive of central Oslo, yeah, so it's that... not that bad but yeah that's right. apart from that yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh just also getting a little bit more clever with using with what you have mm-hmm. how how can i get buy with what I got, which was the mentality of the installations of work, going on a job site and making a, the tools you work for, for the railing you're trying to install, and maybe you didn't have the ideal situation, but you made it work. That's very much the case here. I hired a company to roll some rings for a chandelier, and they didn't do it well. It wasn't round. It was it was very kinky. Okay. And I had to figure out how to make it round and, and, with some I know pipe situations and where torch. kinky can be good, though. Not this one. Okay. <laughs> not, not in my shop. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm staring at this kinky ring and just like, I don't have a rolling machine. It's a big flat bar. How am I going to make this round with a torch and pipe? and my, my layout table. And it took all weekend 
I made it round. It sucked, but I made it round. You know, I didn't have the time or the didn't want to spend the money to give it to somebody else or go get more material and spend even more money and more time and resources and like that. It's like, let's just figure this out with what I got and make it work. Use my experience and try to figure it out. And you can you can get pretty far, I think, with uh, what you know and how to make it work. Uh, may, may also just ask, like, are you still into architectural blacksmithing business or did you branch off a bit? In in what way? No, like, are you still like doing o- very only much... fans account? And well, I, I mean, more it's more like the same kind of stuff you did at Dragonforge, but you're doing it by alone now, or did you branch off to do other things as well? What he really wants to know is, are you forging swords now and oh, knives? No, right. no, I don't care about swords. <laughs> no, don't say those. I know, I know it's a, it's a sensible subject for Rory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had to mention though, that my... when I found you uh, on Instagram, like many years ago, that's what interested me in your account, because you were the only blacksmith on Instagram available for, for me, at least, that I found uh, that was not forging knives or swords. And that's what interested me. You were doing something different and, and, and you still are. And, and your style was so um, personal and clean that it showed me probably uh, like Rasmus said earlier, like it, it can be the craft can be different compared to what you see everywhere. Uh, on the internet or on right. television, and that's what really, really um, attracted me to your account and, and your uh, YouTube channel. Plus everything that I know, and I've told you uh, already, or, um, everything that I know about blacksmithing, I, I learned from you. Uh, you were my teacher on the internet first on YouTube, and then uh, when we did the class at Jimmy's uh, uh, farm. So, uh, first of all, thank you for that. But I think it's really interesting to see something different when people uh, like you, I mean, it it probably didn't occur to you uh, at first, but because you said you were only posting stuff that you were doing with uh, Dragonforge, uh, but it was looking so different compared to everything that was on the internet or, uh, yeah, on the internet, Instagram and YouTube both at the time, uh, that you really stood, um, what's the expression? Um, stood up? No, that's not the right one. Um, you you look different and you, you stood appear. Out. Stood out. That's the fucking yes. thing Sorry. that I. Yeah, no, <laughs> thanks. I'm, I mean, in, in English, you, you add up, on, uh, out, uh, forwards after any verbs and it completely changed the meaning. So I will never get used to that. Close enough, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you stood out compared to every, everybody else. And, and I think it's a, it's a great thing. So I, I really hope that you are keeping um, that things very much alive in your, in your style and what you do now on your own. Oh, definitely. That is, uh, that's what I grew up doing. That's how I think about projects. That's the demographic of clientele that I want to attract. And, uh, I, I like those custom projects of doing those things. I, I don't know. I find custom fire doors to be more interesting than the knives. And there's nothing wrong with knives. There's beautiful knives. 
I myself find myself looking at him going, wow, that's a nice Damascus knife. <laughs> I would never use it, but that's beautiful. That's art. That's intricate. You know, all the adjectives we want to add to that. At the same time, I had a guy uh, in northern Minnesota contact me about a job, and we spent two hours on the phone emails looking at his fire door openings back and forth back and forth and you know talking about his home and this expensive house for custom doors that are going to be in his house that would be just as much of an artwork piece as a knife not as appealing to the masses because it's not a weapon it's a bit difficult to kill someone with a fireplace door. I can do it. It is. It depends on your motivation. It's all about uh, motivation. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, um, there's uh, a lot of also a lot of wins in my experience of installing these projects, and the homeowners are there to experience these. Keep saying the word projects, but that's what they are. These jobs, and they're happy. It's a successful win. They're emotional about it. It's a good transaction. And when the job's done, it's done and on to the next. You know. It's just it, it's just unfair to. I mean, I, I, I'm going to talk about myself and again. Uh, I I love your work. French. We know yeah, you can't help al it. already that, and we are no, and, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I the only thing that I regret somehow is that you are not doing more uh, smaller project than uh, the vast majority of us could afford, uh, because it's as you said, your projects are for big houses, expensive houses, and they are big jobs and big project that take a lot of time and, and therefore uh, have a, a high price, which is not, uh, it, it's completely natural and it, 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 it's fair. Um, I remember you posting uh, pictures of small sculptures and metal balls and stuff like that. Oh, ow, you're bringing up the balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Red, you're hurting me. No, but that, that's, that's something that um, I, I know that I will never be able to afford a fireplace forged by you because first we are not yeah, living yeah. in the same country and, I, and I'm... I can't afford my own fire doors. Yeah, see, so uh, would you be interested or have, have you already done that kind of stuff, like forging small items for, for people to be able to, to, to buy online, for example? Um... I did in my 20s, I did a bunch of underground art shows that were independent artists, 20s, 30s, uh, right? And I found that it was it was hard to sell novelty artwork items, mostly because there was a dollar point there to to hit and i'm sorry in, in what, a lot in of what way like you need you, you you it's hard to make money off of making art without being famous beforehand kind of um because of how much how much energy and effort would go into a piece and then 
you would take all this time to set up your booth and have all your pieces out there. And you're like, I need to at least cover my booth fee and my gas to make this worth it. Otherwise, I'm just constantly, we're, we're kind of talking business now. I'm constantly running in the red doing these art shows. And if, if I'm always in debt running these art shows, why am I running these art shows? Yeah, and, and of course, uh, uh, if you find it to be incredibly fun and you have the income coming from somewhere else, you can maybe afford that and just play with it. Exactly. But if that's exactly. a pillar of your business, as it were, then you may might need to do some hard choices. Right. And um, full-time with Dragon Forge and Dirty Smith was starting up and I was doing these you know, independent art gallery shows in downtown Denver. I was doing demos at nightclubs, Halloween parties at nightclubs. It was an experience. I had some sacrificial time and it was, it was an experience on people and what they were willing to spend at a show. <clears throat> so what I found out was that what could I sell for under a hundred dollars? That wasn't a bottle opener. And I went to the scrapyard and they had all of these metal round discs that were junkyard prices. They were really cheap. And I bought a ton of these round discs because they were already cut out. I didn't have to cut them out. And I come to the shop. My truck is loaded up with these round discs. And my dad's like, what did you do? <laughs> like, I bought all these blanks. I'm going to make metal bowls. You want a metal bowl? Because I'm making metal bowls. <laughs> He's like, no, I don't want a metal bowl. Like, well, then get out of the way. So I spent like a summer just forging, experimenting, playing, which I totally encourage, but the intention was I need a hundred bucks for every metal bowl I sell. And I was experimenting with shape, size, dynamic, what had motion, what didn't function, bowls that would sit crooked, maybe that got somebody's interest, bowls that were perfectly balanced, whatever. And that $100 mark just bothered people. They, I could not get them to budge. But those dang Aspen Leaf charms yep. were selling like hotcakes. So I just put those in the, the bowls. And uh, I carried those bowls for like five years in a bag. And every time I went to a thing, I'd lay them all out. And maybe I'd sell one or two every now and then and ended up giving them away, giveaways. I'd give them to friends and family, stocking stuffers. They were just slowly disappearing. It was it was a good lesson. Um, any metal workers that are listening to this, if you're doing a show, bring your anvil. Anvils are a great way of attracting people to your booth because yep. they will want to touch your anvil. It's a great symbol for some reason. Everybody likes to relate to the anvil. Once I found that out, I put my anvil in the back of my booth to get them to come on in. And then once they were in there, I was like, I got you. You're not getting out now. <laughs> that was where, where I was heading with the bull story, because I, I, I remember the story you told it uh, in another uh, podcast. Uh, what What's the most interesting to me is what you said last. It, it was a great lesson for you. Like I think that everybody and and Raz and I are, are doing the same thing. We are trying to make a living out of the thing that we are we are making, we are producing, and there is always the 
this product, the, the one that we have high hopes for, the, the, the product that will sell because it's a good idea because right. we have put so much time into it and it doesn't do shit. And, and yeah, right. Every single time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, and so it also helps, I think, to understand what the market is, what people are interested in. Uh, and and what they are absolutely not paying for uh, one dime for, um, so I, I think we we all have to go through that kind of bad experience. But it's also a great learning experience to have that kind of failure along the way. Uh, and and personally, it helped me to refocus uh, what I was um, willing to spend my time on my energy on compared to what kind of money i would like to to make out of it like the balance between time and energy and creativity and what's like really draining your energy from your heart and brain compared to the money that you are making this balance is very important for us to just keep going right so when you have this kind of of bad experience it's it hurts uh, i we all know it, but it's also a good thing because now we can refocus on the the good thing, not the especially the one that we want to make because we really like this product, but the one that will sell and 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 will help just make a living out of it. Right, you gotta. Unfortunately, we have to feed the the beast of the business to keep doing what we want. And uh, if anything, what pulled out. I pulled a lesson out of the bowl experience was the demographic. It was the wrong demographic for what I was selling for. Maybe I can make bowls now, the social media, Etsy, all the online stores might be more interested in things like mm -hmm. this now. Cause now it's 12 years later of a, of an audience that's more interested. Who knows? I mean, uh, uh, sort of to jump in a little bit, I've been making a lot of leaf bowls, like maples, oak, yeah. birch, that kind of things. And they, they seem to be doing really well for me here in Norway. Granted, the prices here is like I can't ship them abroad. So I don't know if it's just like the price is too expensive for people to ship them. I've sold maybe two or three over the years to Canada, like the maple leaf bowls that are massive. So like... Either I'm just lucky with the demographic I hit in Norway, or yeah, but Rory is making aspen leaves. You can't make a bowl from an aspen leaf. You are you are yeah, making a bowl from big leaves, <laughs> and and aspen leaves yeah. are small. Well, maybe you, you a can, tray. Make some aspen leaf balls. You, you, you need like fifty of yeah. them. Yeah. That's a lot of work. Yeah, you did, just... didn't you do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it, all kinds sold, of different I, types. I sold, copper, like, copper, brass, and various metal yeah. aspen leaf. I, I seem to recall you doing uh, that. What was like the tree thing? I did. I did. I've done like three, and the ones I did was steel, and I threw like one copper leaf for contrast. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then one it was all steel, and I painted it all red. Try to do like Yay. the cheeky, like ooh, Lux magazine. Like, <laughs> put this on your wine table. Like, come on, you know, feels like we're always fishing. Like some designer's going to find us and grab onto us. Is it going to happen? I don't know. But it it, draw, it just draws me back because I, I just always find like I know where those custom fireplace doors are. I know where those bigger fish are. And it's like, I'm just, 
I'm just I'm gonna go fishing over here. You know, it's it's just hard for me to resist because that's that's what's paying my bills. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's you know you're good at it, and you know you can please those clients, and you know how to deal with those kind of projects. So of course, it's a quote unquote. I guess it's less effort, so to speak, to do those big jobs. You just you, you do what you're good at. You do what you know how to do, and and usually out of those big jobs, small stuff comes. Or like we, we we're interested in a, a sconce or a door pull, or there's usually little trickling stuff. You know that guy he had six doors. We're going to be talking next spring. That's probably going to take me a year's worth of work. Wow. Oh, that's a that's a that's a big fish. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So. I'm willing to wait. Like, okay. And even if he says no, that's okay. Like there's there's a way to handle a client that says no. It's it's not a personal thing. Um, no no is okay. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, do you often say no to clients? Like this is not a job you feel comfortable doing? Yep. How how if I can't if I can't deliver it, I will definitely say I am not the right guy for this job. Thank you for your interest. Do you try to point them to someone who can or no. no, you're just saying this. <laughs> no, and I won't. Yep. Fuck them. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, it's not the attitude of like, fuck them. It's just if I recommend somebody and it doesn't work out, I might get blamed yeah, for that. That's yeah, no. Like, well, Rory recommended Carl. Carl totally fucked this up. And they might ball me up in that category. I just will simply just bow out. No, I don't have anybody to recommend. I'm sorry. You what know. what are the criteria? Sorry, Raz. What what are the, the the criteria for you to to refuse a job? Like, is it like time, the Deadline. deadlines, mostly? Yep. Yeah. Usually, they they need it right now. Um, if the in my situation, the house sometimes the house wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. Like the the challenge with this one client, the fireplace store. Usually, fireplaces have some kind of steel mantle inside yeah usually yeah, like a, like a beam holding it. up the top or something yeah exactly yeah. you know what i'm talking about yeah, i tried to this, builder, this builder didn't <laughs> he just had stone that was it i was like oh no he's like yeah we don't want to have frames we just want to have floating doors <laughs> how Like you want, you want to have floating doors. He's like, yeah, it'd be kind of cool. We could have we have hinges, and we just have floating doors. I'm like, oh crap. Okay. Okay. And thus, two hours later, talking and like, I'm I'm gonna have to charge you for the install, and that's an hourly rate because that I'll go bankrupt if I'm there for two months. He's like, we're gonna have to talk next talks next spring. I'm like, okay, we can talk next spring. I'm willing to wait. Whereas, whereas, what would be your criteria for for refusing a job? Because you you've done some uh, work for for uh, fireplaces as well. Yeah, I mean, is that something that frightens you, or is like every every job is is a good opportunity to learn and make money? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I'm always afraid of failure, but it's it's just a part of the equation. Like, how likely am I to actually fail at this? And if I don't feel comfortable actually taking on the job or not being able to deal with the failure, then it's not a job for me. I know that. There's some people, like Rory said, like, they want things too quickly. And like I'm, I'm, I'm not, not like Rory here. I'm, I'm, I might be fully booked now for six months in advance. And half of that is just products I want to make to bring to markets. Yeah. So it's but like... Still, you you yeah. know you will sell them during the market, right? 
Yeah. I mean, uh, or at least within a year's time or something. Yeah, yeah. Because not, not especially the first market that you go to, but yeah. over, over time it will make yeah. money. Um, but like, honest, like uh, one thing is I had someone reach out through Etsy that was just not communicating. They were just demanding things and I tried to respond and ask for more information and they just replied with the same kind of nonsense that didn't give me more information about what they actually wanted. And it's like, sorry, I can't help you. Yeah. And and then there's other people where there's pe clients who only want to talk on the phone and I can't understand what they actually tried to communicate and they can't draw it for me. And they leave out the opposite side of the country and it's like, no, sorry, <laughs> that's not going to work. I mean, base, the basis of information is I need to be able to understand what you want. And if you don't even know how to communicate that or you don't even know what you want, then there's no there's no job here. Right, um, right. You're just setting setting it up for more problems. Yeah, and like that's that's the biggest red flag for me. If the client is just difficult to communicate with, that's that's an easy way to for me to just say no. This is not for me. Uh, but I also like I I don't have a problem just sending them on to someone else who I know are better to deal with people than I am, or have been doing this longer and might have better experience with trying to understand what they actually want. So it's more like. Yeah, I can't help you. I'm sorry, but here's a couple of other people that might be able to help you. But I know they're busy too. We all are because Norway have, I think we have 25 full-time blacksmiths in Norway that have blacksmithing as their sole income, sole male income. And then there's maybe two, three hundred people who has it as a ho serious hobby or side gig. And like, so half of the population is blacksmiths. Wow, that's <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> I could see that one coming a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> you asked for it. I know, I know. Uh, but when it comes to like a specific jobs, I'm not sure. I, there's jobs now I wouldn't that I've taken on this year that I wouldn't have done three years ago. Yeah. Just because I needed to build up the experience to understand the mechanics of how to solve the problems involved with this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not to mention, I needed to get better tools so I can actually do the job in a way that not only breaks or leaves me like able to do it in a reasonable amount of time like getting a hold of a power hammer and getting the tooling that's required for all of that but also just realizing that oh no i need to make here's the common problems with this kind of a thing and you need to build up to that because if you jump headlong first into a massive job then you realize all the tiny things that are a lot easier to deal with it is when it's something you can just lift out your car by yourself and not have a man of three four people to do it Mm -hmm. so yeah it's I, it's not an easy thing to just know when to say no to a job but uh, when you have the comfort of knowing you don't need this job to survive it's a lot easier yeah absolutely and and it, it goes back to uh, my wife I mean she she helps helps so much with the stability of the family that I gives me some time to build the business. So alleviates the pressure. Like I got time. So it's going to be a slow winter. I'm going to work on the shop. What do you want for dinner, baby? That's great. <laughs> I'm lucky enough to have the same kind of wife. Like, when, when I'm working on a project and I'm busy, she takes care of everything so I can focus on what I have to do and, and, and so I'm able to hit the deadline. Um, yeah, that's great to have some kind of support in the, in 
within the family and not just having people mm-hmm. not understanding what you have to do and, and not knowing how to help you. It's because right. that, that's also a um, big part of being self-employed is to be sur- surrounded with the right people. So so I have heard. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I mean, being self-employed is stressful enough if you, on top of that, don't have like the fundamental support of your closest family to yeah. help you out and like lean on when you need to. Yeah, especially during difficult right. times because it's it's not because you're self-employed and and your wife is like, "Oh, you're doing what you what you want to do and that's great and I'm happy for you and and you are making money, so that's great." Uh it's also and 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 mostly uh required when you are not making money and you don't have the client and you're uh and you 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 have a big project that or when you have a big project that you're working on and you're not able to do anything else than just working on that project because you need to deliver that having someone to take care of the kid of the the groceries the 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 shopping the cleaning of the house and and on top of her own work that's impressive and that that's so valuable because um, I, I always say to my wife that we are a team and we are we are working towards the same goal because that that's what it is. Um, so yeah, I I, I guess um, I'm lucky as well to have to have a wife that understand what I'm doing and and how to help when I need the help, especially may, during, may I, during may I ask times. Red? Yeah, did you with together with your wife define sort of what that goal is that you're working towards together? Um. Somehow, yeah, we did um, when before before I created the business like three years ago. Um, I created it uh, December two thousand nineteen. So so it it it's been it it will be three years at the end of the month. Um, the goal was, um, frankly, honestly, it was to give it a try. It was to not have regret about not doing it. Just give it a try, see how it goes, uh, are you able to, do you enjoy it? First and foremost, do you enjoy it? Working on your own instead of going to an edu- educa- educa- educational center, school, college, uh, university, whatever, and teach all day long. Instead of doing that, staying at home, working on your on, in your shop on your own, do you enjoy that? Uh, and if you do, are you able to make money out of it? And if you do, is it enough for us to to live, to pay the bills, and to put food on the table? So it was all about this, the the, the discussion that we had three years ago, three years ago, and so we went for it. It was like, yep, yeah, we, we we're gonna try. So I did everything that I was legally required to do to in, in order to create the business. And um, unfortunately, that's when the pandemic uh, started. And so it was probably the worst time in history to just create a business in a modern world. Um, for what I do, like working for a woman, trying to sell shit on socials and uh, on, uh, in, in, through internet, uh, it was difficult to find the resources. Like leather was hard to, um, to find because we, I, I couldn't go out of the house, couldn't the, clo- the shop were, were closed and so on and so on. So it was quite difficult. Now, <clears throat> the question is more, um, what if I 
would go back to work like all day long for average average uh, salary as a teacher what would it mean it would mean that i would uh, go to work at 8 in the morning come back probably late uh, around 6 7 uh, in the evening I would not be here for the kid. I would not be here for my wife because she has uh, weird working hours. So we wouldn't be able to see each other. So we wouldn't be a family anymore. My salary would barely cover the cost of taking care of the, the kid when he before school, after school, during lunch, and so on and so on. So all my salary would go into the expenses for me to be able to go to work. So honestly, that's the um, same decision um, that we took when we had to change life uh, a few years ago and, and leave Japan and come back to France. What do you want to do with your new life? My new life, I wanted to have more time to be with my wife, to be even with my kid. Um, I'm <laughs> Raz, you always say that I'm getting old. And yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> yes, I am. And, and so I know how much time is uh, time is a currency that that it's the only only currency in the world. Like money come goes. It's important to pay the bills, of course. But that's the only currency that you can you can't produce. So um, I, I'm, I value my time with my family, uh, especially my my wife and kid more than I value money. So if I have to spend all my days teaching for money in order to for someone to take care of my kid, I'd rather do it myself. So I, I would I, and I agree there. I will stay home. I will take care of him. Uh, after school today, we we played Minecraft for two hours. It was great. <laughs> it was great. Not the fact that we were playing Minecraft, just the fact that we were spending time together building something so we were communicating so i was like hey give me wood and he was like oh give me diamonds and and it was great um uh, very french, yeah, very french. <laughs> no no but it was lovely to just just be here for him because that's something that I, I i never had with my 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 dad he was working and during the weekend he was building the house or or tinkering or doing stuff so i, I didn't share time uh with my dad enough probably and I want to be to be um, here for my kid to support him and 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 certainly watch him grow and become an adult and become whoever he will become. I know I talk a lot about my about my kid during this uh, podcast, but um, I'm I'm mainly a father now. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a maker. And these three aspects of my life are, are uh, equally important to me. So, um, yeah, fuck money. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, what money, what, if I had more money than I have right now, what could I buy that would make me more happy than spending uh, a weekend with my wife and kid? Absolutely nothing. You know, buy me an airplane ticket, and uh, we could hang out and play. Minecraft. Yeah, please, uh, we'll we'll do that. There we go. <laughs> some digital diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> Farm some chickens. <laughs> oh, so damn chickens! They are everywhere. <laughs> but I think I think it's a very good good thing you say in there, both in the fact of realizing what is important to you, what your priorities are. And that you had had that conversation with your wife 
I mean, if only one of you had that conversation and the other one is not listening, then you're, you're not really getting any further. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's the same with Rory. When, when you took the decision, Rory, to move, like to give yourself five years and to see what happens and move if he, after the five years, if the situation was not um, satisfactory, yeah. uh, good enough for you, or whatever, you were not happy anymore. That's the same conversation yeah, yeah. that we had with my wife uh, back in Japan. So it, something happened, something changed. It's not what it was anymore. So the um, the reason we are here are still the same. We love the country. We love uh, the the style of of the the way of life over there. But now our kid is in danger. So what do we value the most? We value the most our kid, obviously. So it was a no-brainer. We had to leave, and by leaving, we had this conversation: where to go? We we could go anywhere. Like we considered Canada for for a period of time, and and then I realized it's damn damn too cold for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we considered moving to the U.S. for a very very short period of time because it. Yeah, I mean, it looks great for the for, from the outside. It's uh, when you are in Japan or in France and you look at the US, it's it it looks like great country, beautiful landscape, nice food. I mean, good enough. Uh, <laughs> Come on, compared to French food, yeah, it's yeah, not. yeah. I'm trying to be fair. Uh, <laughs> so good enough. Too much deep fried shit. But anyway, um, uh, good music, good movies, uh, nice people, everything. Uh, but but I don't think it's just the the kind of life that that we want because we are not uh, we were not raised in in the same. Um, our approach of life is a little bit different, probably. Uh, the way that that money is so important, politics is so important in in people's life. Uh, is is kind of foreign to us, and, and I'm not blaming uh, anyone. I mean, it's 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 culture. It's it, it's because you have been raised in a country uh, like this that you think the way you think, and and so on and so on. So uh, we are we are very distant from that. So we, we couldn't go there. So the only available option at the time, because we were uh, running out of time, was to come back to France to see the family for a while and see what happens. And search for other places, uh, and then shit happens in the family. People got sick, and we had to stay there to take care of them, and and just to enjoy spending time with them before it could have been too late. Uh, thankfully, it went all well. Uh, but but with time, you establish a new life, uh, and the kid goes to school and make friends and see his grandparents, and and you don't have the heart to go far away again because it's 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 hard for the family as well and it's hard for us to to go um it was it was very easy decision like 16 years ago 17 years ago uh, to to leave for japan to give up on everything because that was our dream and it was an adventure back then it was an adventure and it was our dream and and that's all we have wanted for like I de I decided I would go to Japan when I was probably six, because I was watching this damn show on TV every Saturday night called Shogun, and it was like, fuck, this country looks beautiful. There is pines, <laughs> there is samurais, they have swords, and they are fighting, and they are they dress like 
the the clothes are, are, are fine beautiful and and refined it's it's the aesthetic is is perfect they are polite they they talk a weird language but that sounds beautiful so i had to go there and when i went for the first time i was like i want to live here i want to stay as long as i can and i i had this experience and thankfully my wife was with me and we stayed there for 10 years and it was a a, a great beautiful um experience for both of us and and but as anything in life it has to to stop it ends at some point the, the problem is what do you do after that and how do you bounce back and and Rory had this experience as well when living in Colorado and establishing himself and his business in misery Raz I know you did the same because you went to Japan for at least one year of uh, when you were in high school I believe yeah when I was uh, 17 yeah so you had to 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 change life twice one w once when you left Norway to Japan and and in your way back second time yeah I did that four times in my life, um, so it's 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 a lot. It's a lot, it's, and and I I don't want to say too much because now I'm kind of settled with my wife and kid, and and yeah. But if I had the, a, a great opportunity, I would move again probably uh, with a lot of planning, as Rory explained, uh, because that's, that's all about planning and, and being ready and doing the, the things in the right order in order to make it happen and, and do it well. But yeah. What about you guys? Would you move again? Would you change life completely again? Rory would, what do you think? Uh, having gone through everything that was ultimately the big question was, because leaving Dragon Forge, my out of everybody, my mother was like, "So what are you going to do?" But we couldn't afford a house in Colorado because the real estate was just on the uprise. Yeah. We, we couldn't we couldn't afford we couldn't afford a bucket to live in Colorado. It just was too expensive. And I was telling Craig, my dad, like I'm I can't find anything relatively affordable we have to move out of state he's like that's just that's just ridiculous there's something here you can like if you can find a place you let me know because i can't find anything and when she asked me so so what are you going to do are you going to change careers it's like i got a, all this these tools really you're gonna think i'm gonna change careers <laughs> it's it's mom it's too late i'm you're in too deep i'm <laughs> yes way too deep no i'm not changing careers no 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 i'll be a welder before i change careers no <laughs> and, and that, that's speaking volumes <laughs> yeah so I'll, I'll make some real money and be a welder before i change careers and uh moving again yes the the agreement with amanda was that this move here was just a transition into the next phase. And that's if this is just five years or 10 years in the big picture, this is just a transition into the next step, yeah. especially with everything that everybody has gone through. And once, once we get out of this storm, it's going to be good. It's going to be good for everybody. We just gotta, we just gotta weather. I, it. I would like to hear more about what, I don't know, either what your next step is or maybe what the, your, the dream scenario is, the end goal, so to speak. 
I mean, would, current end goal, anyway. Yeah. Would you go far, further south in the US? Change country? Oh, no. The, the biggest... Ooh, change country. I didn't think about that. Probably not. I mean, you're used to mountains and cold temperature. You move to yeah. Norway. I mean, I, I, I mean, Norway is perfect then. <laughs> yeah. It's cold and yeah, it's all mountains. Right? I mean, it's perfect. I... I used to despise the snow. I would curse <laughs> that white crap so much. I'd shake my fist and I'd say, damn you, snow. And now where I live, it is so hot and humid. Yeah. It'd be like 8 o'clock in the morning. And the bugs are out laughing at me. And I, I look at my little shop and I'm like, oh, it's just a easy bake oven in there. Like, oh, I got a forge today. And I, I got a, a retirement community community around me. I got I got I call them the graybeards. They like walk the road and they hear me working, but I don't open the doors, so they don't know what's going on <laughs> inside the shop. And there's a reason I don't open the doors, because I don't want them coming up to the shop because they'll never leave if they know what's going on inside yep. there. <laughs> so the biggest lesson has been I'm not going more south as much as possible. If anything, I'm going to go more north where it's cooler. Because to be honest, I miss the snow. I miss the mountains. And it's too fucking hot here. Canada then. Gosh. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah, maybe Canada. Maybe. So it could, could, could be a I change could. of country. Maybe. I did enjoy Calgary. It, it was, uh, wasn't too much of a jump from Denver. But uh, sort of business-wise, do you still dream of it being like a one-man shop? Do you want to do other kinds of work? Do you dream? have some dream projects that you wish you could get of sorts? Um, with with business talk, not not, and I'll say this for for everybody because usually, maybe it's the American attitude. Some people act like you know they're whatever they're doing. And if you're not part of it, they think you want to be part of that, right? You didn't you didn't jump on the boat. You must be envious because now things are going well for me and you didn't jump onto that. And that's not necessarily true. Not everybody wants to be a star. Yeah. Not everybody wants to be in that light. Not everybody wants to be it. Some people are okay with making enough to get by some people are okay with just running their business working with five clients a year and just keeping a low bubble yeah of a business some people want a six-man crew want designers want a lot of paperwork want a lot of cash flow want a lot of a lot of stuff a lot of fires managing mm. It with Dragon Forge managing the employees, managing the installs, doing the social media game, doing that for 10 years, and then turning everything off and coming here and just kind of just disappearing was probably the best thing I could have done, but it was also the hardest thing because so many times did I pick up this stupid brick of a phone to go do something and it was like, don't just, and when Axel, our, our family dog passed away, was kind of like, like, uh, such a, a blow to the family and, you know, 
one of three of us was gone. It was just Amanda and I. And then like six months later, I told her, I was like, we got to get a dog. I am like, I'm still heartbroken. I miss him every day. So we, we went to go get another pit, Molly. They brought two other dogs from the shelter. It's like, why did you bring three dogs? <laughs> I can't adopt all these puppies. Oh, they, they knew you were weak. <laughs> yes, yes. They gotcha. looked at my profile picture. Like, that's the guy. So the story is, is that we, we went to go get Molly and we rescued Emmy. So we walked away with two dogs and loved them dearly. So every time I went to go do something social media, I was like, no, I'm focusing on the dogs. This is this is the family and whatnot to get back to your question about the end goal the end goal is just stability and happiness and whatever that looks like if dirty smith ends up being something stable to build off of like dragon forge was or even is i mean whatever craig wants to do with it that's that's his goal then uh we let that happen if it goes down the social media route and starts growing again like it was, then we let that happen. I'm ultimately just going to let things go organically. I'm not going to like muscle my way and use use resources in a manipulative way for my agenda. If that makes sense. And that, that sounds like a really good way of going about it. Both having a, a more of an emotional end goal than a ma um, material end goal. Right. And like I said earlier, like I know where those custom fire doors are. I know how to like go get money. And right now, like that's what I'm doing. The business, we're making money, keeping the business afloat. My wife, she has a job. We're getting through the pandemic and things are just, we're just keeping the family happy, keeping idle, we're focusing on each other and we're raising puppies. Sounds great. Cleaning a bunch of poop. <laughs> <laughs> also sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> These dogs can poop. Oh my God. What about you, Rez? You did an answer. Would you, would you do it again? Would you change country or just change life again? It's, it's a bit of a yes and no. I cannot, for the life of me, imagine living long-term outside of Norway. But I'm all up for another adventure of a year or two. But I'm just having traveled a fair bit, having seen a few countries, having lived in Japan and all of that, it's like, yeah, no, Norway is still the best one I've seen. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's, I, that's I still the best want to get answer. back here. Yeah, 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 that's a great so, answer because you found. I mean, you've born, you've been, you were born there, but in a modern world, you can, with a few, um, with some help, a little money, and a lot of courage, you can go live anywhere and and start a new life. So if you are happy in Norway, that's that's great because you've traveled, you've seen a bit of the world, and. And you're happy over there. That that's yeah. Nice. I mean, I still have the dream of get buying my own place, getting like a small farmstead or something with the shop on the property, like something that sounds like you got now, Rory. Uh, 
I got a place for you. <laughs> yeah. It, Come on down. You, 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 did, you, did you listen to the whole thing of not uh, not to the US? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, Norway. Solid air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, first of all, I start to die when it approaches like 70 Fahrenheit and I'm supposed to work. I mean, I mean, I'm just stopped functioning. Uh, And like here in Norway, it's perfect because like July, I can take July off. That's fine. But apart from that, it's cold enough that I can work and go good hog at it without sweating to death and melting away. Uh, And like currently now, uh, oh, what's, what's it in Fahrenheit? Like negative not negative 10 maybe negative 15 or something stupid negative no negative 8 i think it's negative 10 centigrade here and we had like a mild blizzard the other day and i was like oh i'm loving it this is beautiful (laughs) this is exactly what i want (laughs) crazy (laughs) yeah but i mean currently i'm sort of i I, i'm a really good spot at the moment it's a very much it feels like an in-between spot but it's a very good spot at the moment where like i have 15 minutes of walking to the shop I yeah. live in the center of Oslo. Granted, yeah. I'm renting my basement apartment out of my nan, but I'm paying 200 bucks a month for it. Nice. Yeah, so it's like... And, and of course, I, I get to spend time with my nan, which is also suffering from dementia, so it's really nice to be around the families moving through the house every once in a while, and I get to see everybody, people I haven't spoken to a lot outside of like the obligatory family dinners like for the last five years. So it's, it is a really nice time to be here. Right, uh, right. But it's not where I want to be in two years, maybe, or maybe even a year. I want to move on from here. But I mean, money, buying property. We are, we are just waiting for sure, you to sure. find a land, cut some trees, and we are ready to come help you to build your, <laughs> your cabin or whatever oh, you want to build. Yeah, yeah, that's a dangerous thing. I also just, I think I still need to wait a bit, a little bit longer so my friends forget how heavy blacksmith equipment is to move. <laughs> oh, wait, you're on your own with your equipment. We, we, <laughs> yeah. we, we come to build the house, not, not the shop. Yeah. So what's next? What's next for you, Rory, on your list of to-do things? Like, keep going that, uh, that way? Get- I got to make some sample pieces and start networking with some uh local builders i've been researching with who builds custom homes that i want to work in Mm -hmm. and one of the things i didn't like in dragon forge was i enjoyed the homes we were working in but the they were getting farther away yeah so in missouri where are the hot spots where are those builders what do they look like? And start, uh, as uh, my dad says, pressing hands and shaking babies. What? <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> nice. And uh, make some sample pieces, get some business cards, and just start start networking. Just letting them know I'm around. Uh, the style of work I do is different because it is rustic ski mountain yeah. look, and Missouri is not that. Do I, do I recall that you were doing a lot of Art Deco-ish stuff for a while as well? or It's it's always whatever they wanted, yeah. so there would be these waves of styles okay. that would run through the, the shop. So it's like this last year, I did five chandeliers that all had the same kind of style. So, you know, 
what's going to come next year. I'm not too sure. Um, I just need to keep them simple and keep the concepts approachable and say, here's, here's the basis. Here's the, here's the concept and make sure they understand what they're looking at and not necessarily like, here's everything I can do. And, and like, I don't want to drown them with too much, like show them the Bob Ross painting of metalwork. And they're <laughs> like, well, who is this guy? Get out of here. It's like, no, keep it simple. Keep it straightforward. Show them what you can do and get out of there. Keep it sweet. I, I, I have to admit, I, I, I would really like to try my hand at more architectural work simply because I haven't done it to any large degree and it feels kind of daunting to try my hand at it. But it's also one of the things that I like, I, I know it's something I can learn more about, so I want to get on and do it. Yeah. But uh, I guess I just need to find the time to do some demo pieces for fun so I can put them on the website and send it to people and say, hey, I can do this kind of stuff and just see what happens. Exactly. You have to start somewhere. Yeah. But I already have shit ton of other stuff to do. So there's that. <laughs> just add it to the list. Wait yeah. till the, the big market is done and then you take a week off of like regular work and, and give it a try just to see if you enjoy it, what if you can yeah. if you're good at it, if you want to pursue it a little bit further. Yeah, I mean, my, my goal for the business is to make such a variety of things that I'm always having fun with it, but also staying within the things I know so that, so that I can deliver good quality efficiently. And right. that, that's a balance to figure out. But I think I'm, I think I'm approaching something. And Nice. Uh, yeah, without to sort of to stay vague and optimistic at the same time. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the other thing, like making making something that gets your foot in the door for you have something to talk about because that conversation might lead somewhere else that you weren't expecting. If if you simply just my my perspective, if I simply approach them and say, Hi, one, my business name is not appropriate. Oh yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> that was one of the questions right. I had for you. What was your business name like um, a handicap for you? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. My metal work better be impressive because coming across saying, "Hi, I'm Dirty Smith." Like, yeah. What? I uh, I've a very Christian strong state, and I'm coming across like, "Hi, I'm Dirty Smith," and then. I'd like to make you some custom metalwork. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. It, just, it doesn't sound right. And I sat there for a month, like, I'm staring at the website going, how am I going to sell somebody the idea that I'm going to be taken seriously? And really, the big thing was the word company. And once I put the word company on there and then just just did a few portfolio pictures and just started filling in the blanks. I felt a lot better. It looked a lot better. Redid the logo, did the monogram, just started polishing up the branding and the word company just started feeling better. And then that was the other thing too, calling, I called the gas company to fill up my fuel tank for the forge. And they're like, yeah, we can come out. And uh, who, who is this for? It's like, well, it's for my business. It's a metalworking company. Okay, what's the business name? Well, it's called Dirty Smith. 
Oh, is this, is this, are you registered with the state? I am. I got a number. You want that number? We need that number, sir. <laughs> oh, cool. I give you my number. It's an official number. I got a bank account. Yeah. You, we can work this all out. They're doing their crap. Like, God dang it. So, you know, jumping through all these hoops. So I have a lot of footwork to establish that this is legitimate. One of the big things that I did is that I went through my YouTube channel and removed a lot of the bullshit. Unfortunately, the audience cried. Yeah, the bullshit was good. It was, but the image was not good. Yeah. People were like, Rory, what happened? No. And I was like, I'm sorry, I have to. Did you consider changing the name of the company? switching or, from Dirty Smith to something else like Rory May blacksmithing or, or I mean like just separating the two having the the fun Dirty Smith side and the outward facing professional looking thing yeah yeah you have then I had like I had too many fires going on again yeah um, okay I yeah. get that um I wanted to keep the brand and legal stuff with Dirty Smith because We'll talk about it after the podcast, but uh, okay. yeah. Okay. But uh, I, I, there's, there's certain people who want Dirty Smith. Oh, I, I bet. Yeah. And it's, they're not necessarily metal workers. Oh. That okay. sounds like a kinky thing yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a kinky thing, but um, we'll we'll, we'll talk we'll talk about that after all this but uh it's it was an interesting thing but uh i i I, when that stuff happened like five years ago i realized that this name itself has value in more than one way that goes beyond me as a personality is simply just the name and that when i filled it out in that instagram username i didn't realize what i was doing yeah i mean that's one of those weird things I sort of stumble upon over the last couple of years through mostly uh, Darknet Diaries, like a, a podcast about social engineering, hacking, that kind of thing, and how big of an industry it is to get good username and steal good usernames from people. That's that's yeah, a scary right? thing. Like people just having their first name as a username, like or iconic animals or something, like you can get seriously troubled by people who are highly motivated by money to get that username right right and if if i was in middle school and the internet came out and i would have known i could have bought pizza.com i would have bought pizza.com <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's that kind of thing sat on that cow but uh the reason i kept dirty dirty smith was one is to keep that footprint and keep the momentum of it in that i was constantly the guy behind it and that the evolution of the brand kept growing and what started out as a simple social media is now a company that is now a small business outside my home and may eventually be a bigger business or may stay small who knows but it's going to be a story and i want that story to continue and it it is now a thing you know it is now its own little being. I think that's a really good goal uh, as well to sort of, you have a bit of legacy there and it is a nice one to keep and to keep going on. And it, it was an interesting perspective myself. It was like, 
was talking to my wife about is like setting up the brand you know am i dirty smith or is this personality dirty smith is dirty smith it's its own entity in itself and i'm just representing it i really need to decide how am i moving forward with this and that's when ultimately it's like it's a company let's just put company underneath it and just wrap it up that way it's a the dirty smith company it, we're done no more it's not metalwork ironwork dirty smith company creating custom ironwork done moving forward let's just keep keep it like that keep it simple keep it short and uh when contacting companies whoever and i'm trying to convince them of this idea i can provide a service for them that brand and that image and that monogram with the hammer going through the d and the s and the logo just helps implore i'm serious I'm not fucking around. And they go to the YouTube channel. I did put out the hamburger tutorial because it was fun. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one, though. <laughs> but hopefully the constant message is like, the guy knows what he's doing and he has a sense of humor. Yeah. Did you keep the, the uh, zombie apocalypse challenge videos alive? Or do you have they're, to withdraw they're them? Sa they're safe. Okay. okay, good. They're not gone. They're safe. Good, good. <laughs> they're they're over here somewhere <laughs> nice in the bookshelf should should we move on to the focus thing or should we actually well that was a hell of an intro <laughs> should, yeah uh, should we talk for about the podcast <laughs> what did you do this oh, week that was, that was intro. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh oh fucking hell I, I'm, I'm 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 scrambling to get everything i promised to get finished finished before i uh i head up to my dad's in the mountains for christmas and my brothers are leaving to my dad on Monday. I was hoping I could leave on Wednesday, but yesterday I had to book my train ticket for Friday. Okay. So, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> a couple of long days ahead of me. But I had a, a couple of fun things did happen. Like last weekend, I taught a knife making course to uh, the Veteran Society, which nice. was really nice, nice interesting thing. Yeah. Like uh, specifically, yes. it's... Um, in Norway, they're called SEOPS. Uh, it's basically a society in, within the army for wounded veterans in international operations. Uh, which I didn't ask any of them what they were doing or how they got wounded because and, and none of them showed any signs of being wounded except one guy. Except he had a dis disease. And he had a neuro neurological disease that made his hands lose basically all mobility. So he had half mobility of his fingers on one hand and one joint of the thumb on the other. So when he went to grip mm. the hammer, he literally had to take the head and screw it into his other hand in wow. between his fingers to be able to hold it. And he made the best, oh, wow. knife, best knife of the lot because he moved so slowly that where the other guys were like big, strong, and really nearly brutish, he, by necessity, had to slow down and do everything a bit more carefully. But that meant he made the best knife. Nice. Really cool. That was really cool. And then yesterday, yeah, yeah. I finally got a phone call of the shipment of uh, 2x72 grinders and Yay. an even it kiln finally arrived. Yay. So I spent, and which is a whole other story with uh, where the workshop is located is next to the building site. And because of stupid people don't know how to park, getting a big lorry into the loading dock was a struggle. Then the, elevate, the, then the elevator broke, so I couldn't initially use that. <laughs> And then the pallets I got was too big to fit into the elevator when the elevator was working. 
So I manhandled a ton and a half of of uh, equipment and should have called your friends. Oh fuck no! They, they will. I need to. I need to say that when I'm moving shop. <laughs> so yeah, I had like the two big pallets. I got. I need to like. I need to prop the elevator doors open with another pallet and then load everything onto that and then take tr four trips down into the basement, into the workshop and stack everything in. And then, of course, I need to reorganize everything down there because then it was a mess and I need to take care of all that. And I still haven't had time to go through everything and double check. I got everything that's ordered, but I think I got everything. And it's like it's an even it kiln for me. And it's six two by 72 grinders to sell and another two by... Uh, another two two bytes 48 grinders wow. and i think i have buyers for half of that already which is incredible nice yeah so only for norway or, or only on, for norway only in the, inside of norway yeah and then i did a rose making class just before coming on to the podcast day which is the reason why we sort of postponed the, the start with an hour so i actually had time to get home and inhale some food like stuff uh, and one of the guys is someone I taught the blacksmith class before who showed back just for a two hour roast making things today and he was like oh that pile there is one of them for me and he was like I, they could they could be <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, yeah uh, it's a lot but I'm getting in there and there's another class I'm teaching this weekend coming up so and after that nice. it's just I need to paint some shit then I'm done <laughs> you will take some holidays Going to uh, your dad's? Yeah, uh, so I'm going up on the 23rd. I'm going down again on the 25th. And then me and my brothers are having a Christmas dinner together on the 26th. Okay. And then I think I have that master sword I need to paint after that. Yeah, I, I did a wedding sword after mm. wow. Twilight Princess. <laughs> and you have another sword to make for someone? Yeah, this weird French guy who can't pronounce things, but... Yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Red? I did nothing this week. I kind of... No broken the... car, no no internet that uh, didn't well, work? <laughs> uh, well, you know, life. Uh, <laughs> usual. <laughs> no, I woke up uh, on Tuesday morning with like five or six centimeters of snow and... Obvious, obviously, that was the day I, I had decided to go to my parents' place to change to uh, my tires for winter tires. Yes, yeah, of course. So I was only 24 hours off. Uh, so I had to change the tires in the snow, lose all the screws in the snow, and oh. try to find other screws to finally do it. But it, it's fine now. It, it rained uh, the next day, so all the snow has melted already I, I mean by the, by the look of Rory's face it's like oh I wish I could drop some pumpkins <laughs> of snow right now <laughs> I would love it <laughs> I'd be like yes I'm, I'm there let's go so yeah just had to do that but I, I, I decided uh, because I, I wanted uh, a break it was it, it's quiet at the moment for my hand of the business like people are uh, prepping for Christmas but that what I'm selling is not like the things that you buy for a Christmas present obviously so anyway uh, it's pretty quiet so I decided to take the week off because and that's that's a good transition to my focus of the week Ooh. my wife bought me uh, a PS5 game 
uh, God of War number two. I probably mentioned it in the last week in the podcast, but I realized that I, I haven't finished the first one, God of War, like the first one on PS4 and PS5. Yeah, the first new one, so to speak. Yeah, the first new one, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I what I did this week. I I finished it, and and that's a freaking good game. I have a question. Yeah. When they rebooted God of War, yeah. I I was mad. I was mad at as well, but I was because they should I I should they shouldn't have because they wrapped it up so nice. Ah, I I I yeah I I don't agree. The last one that I played on was probably on PS4. I was so yeah, yeah. disappointed because I finished the game in two hours and it was like, you only oh, have wow. to go through this path, kill everyone, and you're done. Oh. And the f- I, I squeezed that out. I got all the toothpaste <laughs> out of that too. I was like, the first one and second one was so good that, that I was really disappointed right? by the, by the uh, last one of the old series. So yeah. I was kind of mad when they rebooted it because I was like, it's, it looks really different than what they used to do with the, the character and the world and so on and so on. But so I, I bought the game uh, when it went out and it was probably 2018 or 2019. I, I don't remember exactly, but it was three years ago at least. Uh, I mm-hmm. played probably two hours and I stopped. And for some reason, I, I, I never picked it up again. So this week I decided I, I should really give it a try because everything that I've heard about the second one, Go for to Ragnarok, uh, it's it's all good. They are. It's like really close to be game of the year against uh, Elden Ring. Uh, that's Elden Ring that won. Um, apparently, it's worth it. So I was like, I, I I really need to give it another try. And I spent my week on it, and it's really good. This game was surprising. The story was excellent. There is so much mm-hmm. to do compared to what they used to do with the old games. So I, it was a good surprise, and and now that I'm done with it, I can't wait to start uh, Ragnarok, uh, God of War to Ragnarok. So yeah, and and God of War, the the the, the first of the reboot now now is forty yeah. percent off right now on Steam. Absolutely. So uh, if you haven't played it yet, that's my focus of the week. God of War uh, one for sure. Uh, Ragnarok maybe I'll tell you in one or two weeks. Uh, that's yeah. that's what I I will mainly be doing during my. Christmas holidays, anyway. So and play uh, Minecraft with a kid. So yeah, sounds good. What about you, Rory? What I play, I play a lot of Sea of Thieves, Ooh, and sometimes yeah. put put it on Twitch, and uh, I mess with people so much. <laughs> Is nice. that your focus, or so? I'm sorry. Uh, we, we we're doing this whole thing of uh just recommending Sorry, something I, I love video games so that's what we're focusing yeah. on like, yes, yeah, no yeah. Problem. yeah let's What's do a video on? game special focus of the week yeah. thing. Uh, I'm, I'm just back to elden ring come on yeah i know i know you are but that <laughs> yeah. it's it, it, yeah it, it, I, I, I need I'm, to do that as well I'm, I'm nearly done with my third playthrough playing as the samurai with the basic gear and yeah. i mean it's still so fun, much fun wow. it's annoying i really need that's to that's a grind it. yeah but uh, I, I missed my, my actual focus that I plan for is Andor, the, the Star Wars TV series. Oh, yes. And Ooh. I finished this yesterday. Yeah. And it is really good. Yeah. Uh, it started a little bit slow for me. I was more like, I mean, it's a Star Wars thing. Yeah, I'll give it a try. I mean, Obi-Wan wasn't all that fun. Boba Fett wasn't like, yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of. 
but Andor is like, okay, the first couple of episodes, they, they they take their time, they build stuff up. It's not that enticing, but by the third one, it's like, ooh, okay, this could be interesting. And then it just keeps going and keeps going and it keeps building and it keeps getting more insane. And it's like, this, this is a Star Wars universe I really like. There's no Jedis. There's like half a second of what could be a lightsaber thing. And that's it. And then it, they, they just move on and it's like, okay. I mean, that's a thing, but not, now that's solved and now it's moving on. And it's yeah. it's really fascinating. It's really cool. And it shows so many sides of the Star Wars universe that has not been talked or talked about or seen outside of the comics, I think. For me, it's so, still the best Star Wars show produced these last years. Yeah. Uh, well, I still really like Mandalorian. But I, I like it I like, too. I like Mandalorians for different reasons. Like Andor, yeah. it, it, it is just a really interesting uh, story that happens to be in the Star Wars universe. No, Whereas no, Mandalorian I, 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 yeah. is a very Star Wars story, but it's a really good Star Wars story. At least I, that's how yeah, I put it in my mind. I love Mandalorian. No, I agree. Yeah. Mandalorian is great. Uh, the actor, uh, Pedro Pascal, is absolutely oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, no, I, I really like the universe. I like Andor for different reasons. Like, it's uh, it's a Star Wars story. It's not. It doesn't rest on uh, whatever makes people watch Star Wars usually, like Jedi sabers and, and little green people. Um it, it, it's it's mainly um, r- uh, revolves around uh, building characters, building a story, yeah. and and what makes uh, how the rebellion started. And and, 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 and they're and not great. afraid of killing people. No, they're, they're not, not afraid. Of, they, they introduce people, and it's like, oh, this 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 looks like it's one of the main actors that's yeah. going to be for the rest of the series. Now, like now they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but also it's a good thing. It's a no, good it's thing. A they they keep yeah. driving the story forward. They keep you actually invested in people. I mean, yeah, if you have watched a couple of the other Star Wars films that has come out, you know what happens to Andor. You know yeah, where yeah, he's yeah. ending up. But his journey there is so fascinating because That's the journey, where he yeah. starts off is so far removed from the person you know in the movie. And I'll keep it that way for now, I think. Yeah, yeah. That That's what makes the show interesting. That's the, the whole journey of this character starting from a place and becoming this guy in Rogue. Um, ah, you said it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's <laughs> 10 years old now. If you haven't seen Rogue, yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I, I just <laughs> was trying to be very teasy about it, just in case people have forgotten about it. But never mind. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Rory, uh, so Sea of Thieves. What else do you play? Yeah, Sea of Thieves, uh, big online. Uh, you get a captain of boat. You're a pirate. Yeah. Uh, quests, loot. You get gold. You customize your pirate. You customize your ship. You give you a microphone. You get to talk to other people. Nice. Sometimes do you, do it doesn't you get go the well. Songbook full of sea shanties that you can sing. Yes, you get oh. instruments and songs. <laughs> Uh, some creatures not a lot of creatures but some creatures you get to fight it's they really focus on the thieves part of sea of thieves it's not sea of monsters unfortunately i would i wish they had more monsters every quarter but it's more about the 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 thieve thievery of pirates but i've been playing it for about two years oh wow 
It's a it's a fun game. I met some interesting people in there. I make the joke when I talk to them that uh, I'm from Italy and I, I cook bread. <laughs> and they're like, oh, really? You sound very American. I'm like, oh, well. Thank you. Really? Do you speak a, any uh, Italiano? And they're like, well, no. I'm like, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> nice. oh, that, that, that's a good one. So, well, so, a lot of jokes. The game looks great. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next uh, big pirate games uh, that should be out probably next year. That's Skulls and Bones from yeah, U- that's the Ubisoft. One. Yep. Oh, that, Skulls and Bones. Yeah, it looks great and I really it has a, it it kind of a different concept where you're you're still captain of the boat and you have a bunch of AI crew helping you manage yeah. the crew and I guess if you're not taking care of them they will attack you apparently yeah you have to yeah. keep them um, take care of them and keep them in line otherwise they will vote you out and kick you out of the ship and, right. I mean, and you have to that's an easy one rum rum yeah <laughs> yeah cool uh rory where can people find you stalk you see what you're up to if if that's something you want people to do <laughs> uh just search dirty smith uh instagram dirtysmith.com dirty smith is the handle on youtube uh next year 2023 that stuff will be getting rebooted, so I'll be a lot more active. Is the plan? It's a scoop. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So it won't be. So it won't be anything like it was before. So no, but I'll, no, I'll no. just be. Money's good. Yeah, but you made yeah. good content, and if it's good content, it doesn't matter what style it's in. Well, it's gonna be good. What What I'll say was. Stopping everything, I think, was an eye-opener for people thinking that how things are well, is how things will always be. And as life goes and the pandemic yeah. showed us is that things can change and things can stop. And so coming back to participate and share the little window of what's going on doesn't necessarily mean it will be the same kind of content or the same engagement, sure. but can at least share the little window of what's going on. And with that being said, too, the the companies of the social media have kind of turned our audiences against us where they want us to pay now to reach our own audiences. So will they see my post or not? I don't know. I don't care. But they're the account is if they want to uh, find you. Yeah, that's basically my approach as well. It's just putting out there that someone is doing these things. Yep. And hopefully sharing some knowledge around, along the way. Exactly. And not only dick jokes. Not only, <laughs> but mainly. Maybe, maybe mostly dick jokes, <laughs> but yeah. I, was, <laughs> I, was, I did get approached last year about doing some demos uh for some uh, organizations and i told them let's talk next year because i it was just too early so maybe there might be some uh demonstrations going on in some events in the u.s next summer maybe fall so we'll see we'll see if they call back and if if they do i'll make some noise yeah i'm I'm hoping to get over to the u.s again around october-ish they will net 
they will not let you in again. They they know they have it. They, food. They, they know fine. you now. You've been there once. You were lucky <laughs> to get in. Now they are done. They know you. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I'll change my name first. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go together. That it will it will yeah. be easier that way. No, a Frenchman <laughs> uh, along the way. I'm not sure that's gonna help. <laughs> no, not sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll bring thank Jan. you for being on. Oh come on, that's good. That, it's gonna be a joke then. <laughs> A German or French and a Norwegian walks into America? It's yeah. Probably, no. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Was giving you Thank a try. You. Thank you, though, Rory, for joining us. And oh, they, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you guys for the invitation, and I do appreciate it. It's always nice to uh, have the conversation. Absolutely. I do yeah. appreciate it. Was it was great to have appreciate you. It. Yeah. And if the good people at home want to find their, their, us uh, two-thirds of the podcast that's almost works now that's mm-hmm. weird uh you can reach us collectively at two-thirds focused if you spell it out on any of the mostly social places and you can find me at rasmus lewin and lewin smedot and oh especially if you now are looking for a grinder in norway big beefy one for knife making and you can find me at the redsmiths.com or at the redsmiths uh, everywhere on the internet and if you are looking for Jan, you can find him in Bangkok, I believe, or Thailand, or anywhere. Yeah, he, so. he went to some titty show, or it's a kiki show. I, I, yeah, or both. Already. Yeah. yeah, anyway. You know, hot, <laughs> sweaty him. place. Ask him about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you. Have a good week.